in three, in two, and one. Hi everybody, Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. It's good to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. We call this podcast, If We Don't Identify It First, We Can't Analyze It Later. I get a lot of questions from appraisers about the order in which appraisal should be done. Well, there isn't one, quite frankly. It's what works best for you. While I recommend that the appraiser write the appraisal backwards, and I've done a podcast on that if you want to go to the website and check it out. The point is, it is your appraisal. It's your scope of work. But I'm going to make a suggestion that may help you. And that suggestion was previewed in the title, If We Don't Identify It First, We Can't Analyze It. I take that language from both USPAP and Fannie Mae. USPAP makes it clear in Standard Rule 1-4 that the appraiser is to collect, verify, and analyze all information necessary for credible assignment results. It's the collection and the verification of the data before we begin the analysis that tells us the order in which the appraisal should take place. Let's go to an area of Fannie Mae that results in a lot of confusion for appraisers, and that's the neighborhood analysis. According to the form itself, there are 32 possible fields to fill out. These include the neighborhood characteristics, one-unit housing trend, one-unit housing, present land use percentages, neighborhood boundaries, neighborhood description, and finally, market conditions. Note also, in the neighborhood analysis, we're told race is not a factor. It isn't. A word to the wise, this is becoming more important as time goes on, so be careful. In the May 5th, 2021 version of the Fannie Mae Selling Guide, the neighborhood analysis goes on from page 554 to page 559, or approximately five and a half pages. It's not that terribly long. One of the things that we learn is that Fannie Mae does not require the appraiser to judge or rate the neighborhood. In other words, Fannie Mae is not looking for something like the subject is in a good neighborhood. That means nothing, by the way, and is potentially discriminatory. What Fannie Mae wants is an objective analysis of the neighborhood to help her assess the risk of investing in mortgages in that neighborhood at any given time. We do this objective analysis. We carry out this objective analysis. When we identify the neighborhood's boundaries, the neighborhood's characteristics, and the factors that affect value and marketability of properties in that neighborhood, only once we've identified them can we then go into the analyses. It is our identification of them first that tells us what we need to analyze. Therefore, Fannie Mae's position that we have to identify something first and then analyze it is the order in which the appraisal should take place. 
Under neighborhood boundaries, Fannie Mae wants to know what the natural boundaries are, and those are the boundaries that define the separation of one neighborhood from another neighborhood. And those natural boundaries are those boundaries that separate one neighborhood from another. So there should be natural boundaries like major streets, parks, roadways, waterways, etc. Under neighborhood characteristics, this is what Fannie Mae wants to know. What Fannie Mae wants us to identify and then what Fannie Mae wants us to analyze. Number one. The types of structures in the neighborhood. Are they attached, detached, townhouses, condos, row houses, duplexes? What are they? Number two, the architectural styles in the neighborhood. Is everything a ranch house? Is everything a two-story house? Is everything a French Mediterranean? Is there a mix of all that? What is it? Number three, Fanny wants to know what the current land uses are and if they're changing. If they're changing, Fanny also wants to know why they're changing and what the forces are behind those changes. Fanny wants to know about typical site sizes. That's to determine if a site has or does not have surplus or excess land, which is going to take a separate analysis in and of itself. You ask rightly, well, what difference does the site size make? Simple. If the site is so far above typical, or so far below typical, that it would affect the marketability and market value of that property, Fannie Mae wants to know that right up front. Fannie does not want to discover that three years down the road after it's foreclosed. It wants to know that right up front. Finally, Fannie Mae wants to know about street patterns and traffic flows. Are there cul-de-sacs? Are there one-way roads? Are there avenues? Are there courts, etc.? These all can affect value and marketability if it's difficult to access the properties or if it's difficult to access major roadways in order to get to employment centers, etc. Fannie Mae wants to know what those factors are that affect marketability of the properties in the neighborhood. In other words, before we can analyze them, we have to identify them first. These include the proximity of the neighborhood and the subject to employment centers and amenities, employment stability. Anybody can pick up the newspaper and read about employment stability. What Fannie Mae wants to know about is is it stable? Is it unstable? But most importantly, why is it stable or unstable? Fannie wants to know about the appeal of the properties in that neighborhood to the current real estate market. Do they appeal or don't they? And more importantly, why? How about changes in land use? We've already been through that. If land uses are changing, to what are they changing? Why are they changing? What are the forces affecting that change? Is there access in the neighborhood to public transportation? This might not mean anything out in the suburbs. In fact, it probably doesn't. But if you're in a very urban area, a heavily urbanized area, public transportation may be the only way to get around because there is no place to park cars. Think of Manhattan. Parking a car in Manhattan is incredibly expensive. As a result, a lot of people don't have cars. They depend on public transportation. 
Finally, Fannie Mae wants to know if there are any adverse environmental conditions. Now, we hear that and we tend to think of pollution or we tend to think of brownfields and stuff like that. Well, that's true without question. But how about location close to an airport? How about location close to a major train station, especially if it's a freight train terminal? How about location next to a hospital with an emergency room? There are going to be a lot of ambulances, therefore sirens, etc. Those are potentially adverse environmental conditions. So why does the appraiser analyze the neighborhood? Well, first the appraiser identifies what the neighborhood is, then the appraiser analyzes it, and we've gone through what Fannie Mae is looking for. The appraiser identifies and then analyzes the neighborhood to consider fully all of the value-influencing characteristics in the neighborhood. The appraiser identifies and then analyzes the neighborhood to identify the area that is subject to the same influences as the subject from the eyes of the typical purchaser. The appraiser identifies and analyzes the neighborhood to determine the area from which to choose comps. Ideally, and this is right out of Fannie Mae, those comps come from the subject's neighborhood, assuming that's possible, and it isn't, frankly, all the time. Again, why does the appraiser analyze the neighborhood? First to identify, then to analyze, and then to isolate and consider the effect on marketability and value of the subject property. Looking at this from the standpoint of economic factors, governmental factors, and environmental factors. Now, we have to understand how all of these fit together. Environmental factors could be items such as the number of boarded-up houses, essential support services. Governmental factors are laws, taxes, and other restrictions. Environmental factors could be that hazardous waste site, the proximity to the airport, the proximity to a train terminal, etc. We have to identify all of these first then we can analyze them. And that's basically what Fanny's talking about. Now let me read you the comment to Standard Rule 1-1b. Diligence is required to, here it is, identify and analyze the factors, conditions, data, and other information that would have a significant effect on the credibility of the assignment results. In Standard 1-3a, which is part of USPAP's highest and best use standards rule, quote, identify and analyze the effect on use and value of existing land use regulations, reasonably probable modifications of such land use regulations, economic supply and demand, the physical adaptability of the real estate, and market area trends. AO24 specifically references Standard Rule 1-3A from a standpoint of identification and analysis. AO37 says, diligence, ooh, there's that word again, diligence is required, what? To identify and analyze the factors, conditions, data, and other information that would have a significant effect on the credibility of the assignment results. We just read that. That's right out of 1-1B. FAQ 190 cites Standard Rule 1-1b. Back to the Fannie Mae Selling Guide, specifically page 575. 
the appraisal report must identify and describe physical deficiencies that could affect a property's safety, soundness, or structural integrity. If the appraiser has identified any of these deficiencies, the property must be appraised subject to completion of the specific repairs or alterations. If the appraiser is not qualified to evaluate the alterations or repairs needed, the appraisal must identify and describe the deficiencies and the property must be appraised subject to a satisfactory inspection by a qualified professional. On page 580 in the sales guide, in the context of use of foreclosure and short sales, it says the appraiser must identify and consider any differences from the subject property, such as the condition of the property and whether any stigma has been associated with it. Here's another reference to identification. Quote, this is page 552. Quote, Fannie Mae's appraisal report forms require the appraiser to research and identify whether the subject property is currently for sale or if it has been offered for sale in the last 12 months prior to the effective date of the appraisal by selecting either the yes or no checkbox. Then, on page 570, in the context of property condition requirements, Fannie Mae says, the appraiser must consider and describe the overall condition and quality and condition of the property improvements. Then it gives a little note, see identifying property condition, definitions of not updated, updated and remodeled, and identifying quality of construction in this topic for other details. Finally, on page 583, in the context of appraisers' comments and indicated value in the sales comparison approach, which is the big one as far as Fannie Mae is concerned, quote, additionally, the appraiser's comments must reflect his or her reconciliation of the adjusted or indicated values for the comparable sales and identify why the sales were given the most weight in arriving at the indicated value for the subject property. So here's what it comes down to. Both Fannie Mae and USPAP indicate to us that we have to identify something first so that we can analyze it and then describe it later. So that gives us a model to follow in writing the appraisal report. First identify it, then analyze it, then describe it. In doing the appraisal, first we identify any issues that we have to cover. We identify any issues of marketability. We identify any issues of value. Then we analyze those to see if indeed they do impact marketability and market value. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it very much. I'm Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. If I can ever be of help to you, please give me a shout. My email address is tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. It'll be my pleasure to hear from you. It will be an honor to work with you. Thank you again. My best to you and all of yours. And we're clear. Oh, and by the way, are your professional fees professional enough?